Hello and welcome to episode 192 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Not bad man, not bad. Just uh, living the dream. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah, you know. Is it a bit more of a nightmare at the minute though? A little, little bit of a living nightmare, not yeah. no idea. <laughs> but you know, we're well prepared for these things. We've watched yes. a lot of horror movies. I know they hanker down and survive an apocalypse. Exactly, so, exactly. You got you know. stocked up of everything. Yeah. Yeah, I've got lots of beer, and if I've learned one thing from horror movies, that's what you need. Yes, for sure. Um, But yeah, in the midst of all this madness, we are continuing to watch these new horror movies that are still coming out. Um, Obviously not as frequently, given that the uh, the theatrical releases is on hold indefinitely, um, Mm -hmm. which infinitely saddens us. Um, But yeah, there are still these on-demand releases, and this one seemed like it was always going to come out when it did. which is cool and it hasn't been delayed, uh, which is We Summon the Darkness, um, which I think we briefly discussed last week. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll be discussing very shortly. Um, and, and was on my comprehensive upcoming oh, yes, horror movie. Of course. <laughs> Who could forget? I remember all those films for sure. It Good. definitely wasn't yeah, me, a blur. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we do have some news this week and I don't, I could be wrong, but I'll double check it. But I don't think there's any delay news here this wow. week. Wow, which is good. awesome to see <laughs> um well anyway this first can't one, happen anymore can it there's no more films i was gonna say yeah uh, yeah well guess what we're now talking about a movie that's apparently coming out in july so rob uh, zombie's gonna be like by the way guys i'm not gonna make a movie anytime soon that's delayed we're like yeah. cheers, cheers rob <laughs> really mate <Yeah. laughs> um but yeah no we're talking about the next purge movie um which was uh scheduled for july 10th this year um no word yet on whether they're sticking with that or not um apparently production was finished prior to all of this sticking um, to usual form for a purge movie then did we not know about two weeks before release that that movie was actually going to come out yeah it's like yeah like because they always they stick these release dates on them very far ahead and um we don't even know titles or anything but yeah this one is about the title because apparently um according to the hollywood reporter um the title of this fifth film which if you remember when we talked about it in the previous news last year it was kind of being um sold as like a final like end to the purge franchise Mm. um and uh, yeah we don't know what that means at this point but yeah the title is the forever purge um why why have horror movies got (laughs) such bad titles right now (laughs) like literally purge halloween saw (laughs) that's not even called saw anymore like what is going on mate yeah it's weird like if there's a if there's a theme for horror in 2020 so far it's announcing bad titles and it's also they don't know how to end like we've discussed it in a few of our reviews where like we've seen a lot of movies this year at least four or five that just don't know how to end like they have these really weird feeling endings that it almost feels like they were missing a scene or they're edited weirdly um if you've seen some of the movies we've covered this year like the the grudge definitely i don't mind spoiling because it was terrible Mm. anyway but like a movie like that just had like a really bizarre when uh ending mm. and there's been a couple like that as well um this movie teased it a bit actually like yeah. not to go into spoilers or anything but like i, I was like hang on is this movie ended hang on we're still going <laughs> what and like it it, it got me like, yeah. i just want a traditional ending like tell me when the credits are gonna roll and we're all good yeah, it was like The Invisible Man is one of the only ones, really, that felt like actually had an ending. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to The Purge, of course. That's pretty much it. They're called The Forever Purge. The um, Forever Purge. Obviously, he's so, in so, maybe it's not just a one-day thing anymore. So we're talking uh, The Forever Purge versus Spiral versus mm. uh, 
what is it? Halloween Kills. Yeah. Uh, what, what's what's the worst one out of that one, bro? The worst title. Ugh. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it's so weird because on the face of it, Spiral Colon from the Book of Saw is just so unbelievably <laughs> wordy and messy. <laughs> Um, I like Spiral as the name of like a spin-off from Saw because I think it's simple. You kind of know exactly what it means. Um, and then I think the From the Book of Saw bit is just so confusing because you're only going to know that once you've seen Spiral. At least I hope so. Um, because yeah. as someone who's watched the previous, what, eight movies at this point, uh, many times, there's never been a Book of Saw. Um, so no. that doesn't make any there sense. There is no Book of Saw. Um, so yeah, that, that one's just confusing to me. Like I, uh, Halloween Kills is like a, a fun, wacky title. It's almost like a throwback. I think Halloween Ends yeah. is the one that really sucks because we know it's not the end of Halloween. Yeah, um, yeah I'm almost almost at this point, like uh, I'm thinking to myself, Halloween Kills is kind of a good movie title. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Halloween now, Ends because that's now, the now in game for sure and it's like yeah. them trying to be like it look guys it's the end of the michael myers you know saga that you've loved for all these years it's like no guys that's yeah. not a thing just stop um but yeah it's weird <laughs> i don't think we have yeah. much to say about this one let's move on well, uh, well played purge well played this next one is super confusing to me because there's some context here that is missing from this article, but I'm just going to say what the, the actual news story is and then we'll go into it. So Deadline is reporting that um, basically Lionsgate won an, uh, an auction for an upcoming movie uh, titled 16 States, um, which I believe they must have bought the script and then attached the director to it because it's not finished or anything like that. Like we talk about with a lot of these movies where they obviously right. just pick them up for distribution rights. Um, because the story here is that this movie, 16 States that they bought, is going to be directed by one Fede Alvarez. Um, which Fede's for busy. Yeah, so for people that don't know, we already discussed late last year that he already has an upcoming director project, which off the top of my head, it was described as a haunting-esque ghost movie set in the White House. Um, that was all we got about it. I can't, I don't remember if it had a title or anything actually. Um, but basically, yeah, we knew that that was, the, we knew that Fede was hundred percent coming back to horror, which we didn't mm. know prior to that, obviously after his complete misfire outside of the genre, um, after, you know, the, the, the amazing hits of don't breathe and evil dead. And, um, but yeah, now he's attached to this other movie to direct, which I just find confusing. Um, because there's no mention yeah. of this other project that we talked about in this release. Very odd. Um, yeah, and it's like Fede's one of those guys for me where maybe I'm just misunderstanding and misreading the situation, but he seems like when you talk about these like auteurs, right? These these real brilliant horror filmmakers, and they definitely put Fede in that category. There's guys like Jordan and Ari and, and, and Mike Flanagan who I feel like they can just pick and choose what they kind of get attached to, and it's yeah. and it's very much their choice. Whereas to me, Fede feels almost like a guy who's like bought and sold, if that makes sense, where it's like his name is just put on these projects, and then it's like it's almost like he's like a football player who plays for the club. And it's like, right, you, you're directing this Fede, whether you like it or not sort of thing. Because that's what it's it, very odd. Like, that's he what doesn't... it felt like with his last movie, for sure. Yeah. And then coming into this, it's kind of like, it feels like Lionsgate won this auction and then they were able to deem it Fede, you know, was going to be the director. And it's like, I don't understand. Well, yeah, it's almost like last year's announcement was just that Lionsgate have Fede to do a movie. And now this yeah. is that movie. And this old White House movie is just not going to exist. That's mm. kind of what he was pitching to them. It's very, it's very odd. Like, he doesn't he, he's not super prolific at all um and so kind of you know when you, you know when all these projects are floating out there it just yeah it feels very odd yeah that he's got all of these different projects attached to him because clearly then you know we're only getting one of these 
Yeah, it, it just seems like he doesn't have that clout, which I think for someone who's made the two movies that he's made, he should mm-hmm. have. Like, it seems like he doesn't really, he's kind of just like a, a uh, again, it sounds so negative, but I kind of think of it as like a man for hire, where it's just like, hey, you yeah. want you want me, I'm, I'm available for whatever. And that just seems <clears throat> not like someone who's of his level, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. May, again, maybe I'm just misreading it. I think it's just the emergence of the characters we've had post Fede's last movie. Yeah. And I'm ignoring, I'm, I'm talking kind of don't breathe in the horror genre that we've mm. kind of, like you say, we've had these auteurs come come about um, that, that have kind of elevated the genre and elevated themselves with it. Um, whereas for the longest time, we would have great movies with great directors behind them, but the directors stayed behind the camera. Mm. We didn't have these Ari Asters and these Jordan Peels and everything. And I think kind of Fede just missed that boat of being a brand himself. And so he is a gun for hire as opposed to these other people, because that's what the world was when he was making those movies. It kind of, it feels like that, you know, I think I spoke Mm. about this towards the end of last year, that it feels like these directors are becoming more like the old school characters. Again, we're getting these kind of names and, and we know them as a brand. So it's not just, oh, we're getting the Get Out brand or we're getting the Midsummer brand. It's like, no, we're getting the Ari Aster brand. We're getting the Jordan Peele brand. Whereas Fred, Fede didn't quite hit that for a lot of people. It, you yeah. know, he does for us, but I don't think he did for the mainstream. If you put a movie out there now that said Fede Alvarez, like that would not get eyeballs in front of it. Yeah, um, which is, I just find that unbelievably <clears throat> shocking because... <clears throat> Don't Breathe in Evil Dead, not only are they incredible movies to me, but they Two were the both best movies of the decade. 100%, hands down. But they're also, yeah, like Evil Dead is the best remake, I think, still. Mm. Um, and But um, but the fact that they were huge successes at the box office, both those movies, yeah. for genre movies. And obviously, yeah, his last movie flopped massively. And, the, and he is ultimately going to take a hit from that. No question about it. When you do a big budget Sony movie with big actors from a you know, a well-established series and that movie bombs the way it did. We're talking about girl in the spider's web. Mm. Um, that is going to reflect badly on you. And of course, yeah, maybe he is in a position now where he's like, you know what? I need to just take any work I can get, I think, prove myself as a director again, and then hopefully move on. Yeah. From there. I think stepping out of the genre as well hurts directors more these days. Again, you know, mm. we, we saw it with M night a few years ago that he tried yeah. to branch out. It failed. And then the horror community did not accept him again with open arms and i feel like that's kind of the case with fede that he needs to prove himself again yeah um, because he's had that step away and i think that's what people are feeling and so it is odd but i think that just shows why you know these people are sticking with the genre and making a name for themselves here instead of moving away because it does damage them quite a lot yeah like either way like i'm Unless super James ex- one yeah yeah <laughs> there's exactly. always an exception well if you step out of the genre and your movie makes make one a and a half billion then it's yeah. fine um yeah. but uh, his movie did not make that much money um no. but yeah either way like i just want to be excited about him in the genre again um and so yeah like i'm hoping that whatever project it is whether it's this project we're talking about now or the project last year hopefully it's something that he has a passion for because i think he clearly did for the for the previous two horror projects mm. um it just these just seem like random things that he's just being yeah. attached to for the yeah, sake that's of it. what that's what disappoints me that they feel random i want fede to announce what he wants to do 
Yeah, and especially when he was on Twitter post all of this, and he was teasing about like, what would you guys want? Do you want a do you want a new horror film? Do you want a sequel to Don't Breathe? Do you want a sequel to Evil Dead? And and for people that didn't know, it was overwhelmingly a sequel to Evil Dead. That was the thing that the vocal people on Twitter wanted the most. And Fede seemed super into well, that. With it, his it fan was... bot, bro. <laughs> exactly. Um, it hit an anniversary recently, and he was posting like bunch of behind the scenes uh, pictures for the first time. This was in the last month. Um, so he's very much in that mindset talking about Evil Dead. Um, yeah, and but... it feels weird as well because someone like um, um, you know Flanagan, um, he's getting IP that he wants and projects yeah. that he wants. He's not necessarily making new IP constantly. You know, kind of. Like I think Jordan he's doing and... both, really. Exactly, like... he's doing exactly what he wants to do. If he yeah. wants to do a King project, he'll get that project. Whereas, kind of, yeah. like you say, Fede's not really you know putting out original stuff. He doesn't seem to be getting IP that he wants. It's it's very odd, just being yeah. attached to a random script. Again, maybe it's harsh on him to obviously compare mm. him to these two, but I think that's a perfect point. If someone like Mike is like, if he if he gets an idea for Nightmare on Elm Street and he can get it, he'll go for it. Otherwise, he has plenty of oh, original don't, ideas. Don't. And then you think about someone like Ari, who has only shown originality. Mm. He doesn't care about pre- previously existing IP. He can come up with original stuff himself. And then someone like Jordan, who is exactly like Mike, he can do both. He can be like, I've got all these original ideas, but I also have an idea for Candyman. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that Fede has also done both in the past. Like, he had an idea for a you know new take on evil dead which was incredible and he also had this new idea with don't breathe Mm. um so yeah it'll be interesting to see um just either way hopefully he'll he'll get something in the genre which is better than like like say like before we didn't even know if he was even returning to the genre so yeah um it's still good news um this next one definitely the biggest news story of the week um so strapping because this is a this was like pretty mainstream for what it was as well um but yeah a big sort of reimagining is happening for a horror franchise um one that we've discussed again on and off because these things always happen like rumors ahead of time so we've definitely talked about hellraiser um in the last few months again i think this was late last year in fact we always talk Um, about hellraiser yeah because kind of post the last few hellraisers which has always been that same level of almost slapping the hellraiser ip on an existing script and then just making it happen straight to dvd um this was the first time in a while really where people are talking about big big plans for hellraiser like a big theatrical release which i don't think has happened since the original hellraiser um and and really making it feel like a big horror event again um we talked about that last year and a few different names attached um but yeah again the hollywood reporter was reporting this week that um so the team behind a movie called the night house um which we haven't seen yet because it came again it was a festival at the start of the year the year and then we'll get a release later this year um but the director attached is one david bruckner who we are familiar with for the show um because not only did he do uh the amateur night section in the original vhs mm. um which i think is the best section um he also done a segment in southbound which is a movie that we covered mm. um and then he also directed the ritual um which was a really really awesome movie that just narrowly missed out on our top 10 of that year um and then obviously he's already directed and finished this other movie called the night house which is scheduled for some release in 2020 some creep show yes he did do creep show as well Mm. so he's been very active in the horror genre and like we've liked all the stuff we've seen um and so yeah this movie the night house i had not heard of prior to this release uh this news release so adding that to the list for sure because it was again i think it was just at sundance in january and that's pretty much it like if you were there you've seen it if not no one else has seen it um Mm. but uh basically he's attached to direct a new reimagining they're they're calling it of hellraiser um and again, that's pretty much all we know, other than, like you say, they're talking it up in terms of 
uh, a kind of reboot reimagining that is going to be a big big deal it's not just going to be like a he's just directing the 10th or whatever it is at this point do we know how many hellraisers there have been like it's a silly amount um like he's not just directing another installment of the hellraiser uh, hellraiser franchise um like it seems like a big deal um which yeah is interesting. yeah i know i'm not doing it man <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing it. I think we've talked a lot about Hellraiser and how kind of like, for me, it, it is one of the franchises. I think we get questions a lot as well of like, what do you think is ripe for a remake? And I think that Hellraiser is an interesting one because the the original movie is still incredible and especially the sequel as well. Um, but I definitely think there is more there because I love Pinhead. I love that world of the yeah. box and the Cenobites and all that stuff. But like outside of that first trilogy, I just don't have any love for the franchise whatsoever. And that bums me out as someone who loves that character that much. Um, so I definitely think like, I want to see guys attached to it who care. Obviously this is a guy oh, who yeah, has done definitely. good movies as well. So that gets me excited and it definitely gets me excited more than the idea of just Hellraiser, whatever, you know, just another Hellraiser movie where Pinhead's in it for two minutes. Um, it seems like they're trying to have a, an actual stab at it. Like, does that does that interest you as like a big big release? I don't know, man, because I don't I don't know what interests me about Hellraiser anymore. Yeah, what interests me about Hellraiser is Hellraiser one and two, mm. and that's that's kind of um, you know the 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 Frank Julia kind of you know love story, you know the, the Hellraiser and Cenobites being part of that. I don't want them not to be in the movie, and I don't want them to be in charge of the movie. I think you know. The more I think about it, the more I think that Pinhead unrightly has become this big horror icon because he was just this really cool character in two awesome movies mm. and probably should have stayed that way. And we just keep getting him again because he is so awesome. But it's just like there's not a lot to tell there um, from what we've seen so far. But then, you know, part of me does think like I am super interested in it. I'm I'm the idiot that has pretty much every Hellraiser movie on his shelf that I've watched <laughs> because I love it that much. And so... Mm. You know, will I get sucked in again? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, so you know, I, I just, I've just been hurt too many times at this point, bro. Like mm. the second you talk about Hellraiser or you talk about um, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm just like, do you know what? Like, you've burned me a lot of times at this point. Like, I've, I've recovered from, I've my scars of Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm ready to go again. But like, Hellraiser's yeah. one where I'm like, we've, we've been cut deep for the show already with Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, that's the thing like it can't one. it can't get any worse because like it is one of those franchises where they're coming at it from a brilliant mm. state of mind i think where they're like we literally haven't seen a great hellraiser movie for like at least 25 years probably way over that yeah. and so like the bar is so low at this point it's not like low, Street where they just made one terrible one and you still have that love of the franchise like it is just like the franchise is what it is like the franchise it's gonna happen soon i'm gonna watch that movie again as well yeah um i think i think that's where i'm coming from where like hellraiser yeah it's got to the point that it just kind of sucks like yeah and so definitely. because it get, it gets to the point where i'm like is hellraiser 3 that good i'm like yeah you know in comparison to all the other ones it's gold but like <laughs> you know that's like trying to rank puppet master movies in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't bring that up um <laughs> 
what's interesting as i was just reading this article is that kind of it's this team uh company called spyglass media who are kind of behind all this and they're also the team that are behind the supposed relaunch of scream as well right Um, so i'm wondering if they are one of these newfangled companies again i'll have to look up more because i don't know too much about them but it seems like they're one of these people that are trying to scoop up all these ips to then kind of like relaunch them and and do you remember that kind of happened in the early 2000s which kicked off with like the texas chainsaw massacre remake and Mm -hmm. i can't remember what the name of that company was at the time but they oh, they were scooping yeah. up a lot of those remakes and they were just did, shitting them out basically because they knew they could make a lot of money very easily and i wonder if this is the same type of deal i mean who knows like we'll have to wait and see but like definitely talking about the scream stuff very briefly like to me again still zero interest in another scream movie like we had four amazing scream movies i don't need any more for the rest of my life i'm, I'm happy um whereas hellraiser i'm like you know you know what you've had so many terrible ones at this point like I, I'm, I'm willing for them to have another go at it for sure yeah. um bring it on let's do it yeah why not hey um <laughs> what have we got to lose exactly uh because like the last ones like i said they're so just bad our goddamn minds that's all yeah we already do that every week on yeah, the show um and then your yeah, next up finally this is like a really interesting one that i threw in here um talking about nosferatu of course we talked about i think that. last week the um kind of the season two uh air day but i was doing some research because obviously we, we've talked a lot on the show the annoyment of how you just couldn't really watch it in this in this country um apparently you can <laughs> yeah i knew so, that was gonna happen after you went on a rant about it last week i yeah, well, almost is, i almost searched what you were ranting and thought nah. yeah well the thing <laughs> is it's such bullshit because they never talk about it like amc or <laughs> i love how triggered you are no because this is going to be the final time we ever talk about this so i'm going to get my grievances out now because from now on i just want to talk about how great this tv show is um, and not talk about this this uh, annoying distribution bullshit but basically yeah there's there's amc uk on sky um which who, who, who knew hey <laughs> thanks for telling me um and uh, apparently it's so season two is like what we're going to talk about here which is apparently it airs the next day so you know it, it's starting oh, yeah. on, on monday the first of june in the u.s but then apparently we get it in the uk the next day um and yeah i think at some point last year they aired season one apparently um so yeah it's it's there if you have sky <laughs> um obviously you can't buy the blu-ray uh you still if you tweet them at you know asking if you can watch it in the uk they just ignore you like you don't exist um but apparently you can watch it <laughs> they just didn't care to tell anyone um, <laughs> yeah which like almost annoys me even more um because yeah the show is fantastic it's the best show that no one's watching and hopefully people will watch it um because that's the last time we're going to talk about the messy distribution. We'll just talk about, hopefully, a great season two. Like, I cannot wait. I'm very, very excited. Um, obviously, we talked a lot about this show and the book and, and our love of all of that stuff. Um, and I just can't wait for it to continue. Like Season yeah, one, to me, awesome. was a huge success. Like I liked the fact that they changed some stuff, and it seems like they could extrapolate it more over the course of the season. And I, I'm, I trust them. Like the, the main thing is they nailed the cast in so strongly, and I will continue to watch it for that alone. Um so, oh, yeah. we really did, man. I cannot wait, man. I'm genuinely like, it's the one thing on the radar now, given how much of a shit show the kind of horror film releases is. Mm. The fact that they've said, like, this is coming in June, which is only a couple of months away. Like, I'm, I cannot wait. I'm, I'm really, really pumped for this. Yeah, um, awesome, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to watch season one again. Cannot wait to watch it. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for the news this week. There's some interesting we stuff in there. Like, this was a more actual news week rather than just guess what, guys? There's no films coming out anymore. Um, which was always nice. But uh, yeah, should we talk about this week's film? 
Let's do it, man. Let's talk about We Summon the Darkness. So yeah, obviously, as we discussed at the start of the show, um, a brand new horror release uh, that seemed like it was always going to come out around this time, really. I know. Um, you, you said that you talked about it in your sort of kick off the year. Of course, uh, man, that comprehensive list. <laughs> exactly, which has every movie that we're going to cover this year, of course. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, it was nice to see that like actually a new horror movie was coming out that wasn't like a... We've talked a lot about these releases like Invisible Man, where they kind of like rushed it forward mm. and all this stuff. And then there's a lot of movies like... A quiet place that we're just not going to see for a very long time yeah um, it seems with this one they're like april bosh april yeah bang which is cool um is this do we know much about the release outside of obviously it's just arrived on digital um i don't know if any other big companies are picking this up not really it's got a it's got a dvd release hasn't it um in may uh right. for the uk i'm not quite sure what label it's under i'm not quite sure whether that's a blu-ray and just or if it's just dvd right um but yeah, it's got a it's got a weird release as always. Yeah, so it seems like it's just pretty much like a small indie release. I think I think mm. Saban Films who are like behind it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like a small indie horror movie, which was new, which was great for us because we got to see it. Good stuff. Um, Had an interesting cast as well. Yeah, like a really cool cast. Like there's loads yeah. of quite a few familiar faces in this outside of the leads. Where I was like, oh yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Kind of throughout the movie, you kind of see some recognizable faces. Obviously, mm. the one that kind of. Um, I hadn't seen when I spoke about it in the upcoming list was um, this does um, kind of in a more cameo role does have Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. Um, which for us is just one hell of a W. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like growing up, obviously watching him and watching him in Jackass, like seeing him in movies, like I- I'm just happy to see Johnny Knoxville. So, I really like, that, that's, I love that's him. always a good thing. Yeah, the second I see his face, it makes me happy. So, and it, the only problem is the second I saw him, it already gave me an itch to start watching Jackass again. And I'm on lockdown, <laughs> that's, so that's it's never probably going to happen. It's probably going <laughs> to happen. It is very um, much in the vein when we talked about um, was it Bloodline a few weeks ago? Like yeah. he's in that era of like a Sean yeah. William Scott, where like oh I see his God. face, it just makes yeah. me happy, and it throws me back to like the early two thousands. Yeah. I just want to stick on American <laughs> Pie and watch Jackass. At least I know what we're going to do for next week's show. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and yeah, kind of starring as one of our leads is um, Alexandra Daddario. Um, have we have we seen her in a movie that we've covered? Oh, she was in so. no, because she was in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but we didn't cover that one, did we? No, that was in 2013. Um, that was in Texas. Yeah, Chainsaw I, I thought for a second that was the one that we covered, but it's not. Um, see, I don't think um, I don't think she's been anything that we've seen for the show. But kind no. of, I've seen her in a lot of stuff, kind of outside of the show. Um, yeah. And kind of, because she she was in American Horror Story, wasn't she? Like very uh, briefly, but that might yes, have been an older series yeah, as you're well. Right. She was in Hotel. I completely forgot about that. Mm. But we, did we cover Hotel? Um, twenty fifteen. So yeah, we would have yeah. smashed it. Smashed it. We did one. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So she's been in a lot of things, and kind of, um, yeah. This this movie kind of centers around these three best friends who are kind of going to a heavy metal show basically and we join these three girls on a road trip kind of head into this heavy metal show mm. um and along the way they get kind of um i guess kind of a prank played on them by another kind of truck where they kind of chuck a milkshake all over their windscreen and then they kind of when they get to the show 
uh, find this truck and eventually kind of end up meeting up with these other three guys who are also going to the show. And in this kind of a bit of a weird, awkward dialogue where they're at one point very angry with them, uh, the mm. next point they're kind of all flirty and wanting to go to the concert together, um, I found a little bit odd. Um, and um, yeah, the, go to the show, they get along at the show and kind of at the end of the show, the girls invite the guys back to um, Alexander Daddario's kind of parents' house in the middle mm. of nowhere. And we kind of find out earlier on as the road trips kind of get into the heavy metal concert that um, there's these murders that are going on, these kind of satanic ritual murderers. And so, um, you know, we're, we're kind of suspicious that something's going to go down at this after party at this house. And the question is kind of who's going to who's going to flip on the other and kind of what what the hell's going to go wrong. And ultimately, it goes very wrong for certain people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess kind of that's it in a nutshell, really. Um, obviously, Johnny Knoxville's character is um, predominantly early in the film. We see him on TV. He is this kind of um, uh, pastor who's kind of um, uh, damning the kind of rituals and kind of blaming society for it and trying to kind of bring his church into the limelight as kind of this voice of reason when all these murders are going on and all of this stuff. And we see that in kind of these TV interviews and the montage stuff around the rituals as we kind of um, see this group of six kind of interact with each other on this early doors kind of road trip. It really does. It happens quite fast, doesn't it? The whole road yeah. trip thing. And we get to the concert and we get back to the after party at the house in, in a pretty quick time, to be honest, Yeah, considering definitely. that, what I've talked about there is quite a lot of stuff and quite a lot of kind of plot, but it, but mm. it all does tick along really fast. And, and then we get to that house and I kind of was, as I was synopsizing, I was like, God, we're at the house now where it all kicks off. And I was like, well, yeah. I'm going to have to stop synopsizing, but I'm pretty early on in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah is, it, moves, it is a weird sure. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll leave it there for now. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into this. Um, yeah. I was going to say it's worth noting as well, because I don't, I don't know if you mentioned it or not, was that it is set in the 80s, this movie. Um, mm, late yeah, 80s, I hadn't so actually, yeah. It is it's set in the peak kind of the rise of heavy metal music, um, the kind of yeah. rise people like there this was... pastor that's saying, like, it's the devil's music, they worship the devil. You know, if you listen to heavy metal music, you're a bad person, like all of that stuff, which was peak in the 80s, which obviously then transitioned yeah. into like violent video games, and as we still see today, and just basically any excuse to blame the I... youths. I, I didn't touch upon it because the movie doesn't lean into it as much as I wanted it to. Because mm. early doors, it really did kind of start to give that kind of, um, you know, setting that time and having something that touches this subject is something that we kind of would like them to explore. And they don't explore it that deeply as we get into this movie. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely is kind of where it's at and what, where it's trying to be set. Yeah, because like that's kind of what's uh, interesting when the movie immediately starts is like okay, it's peak eighties. You you have these two sets of of friends who are interested in this heavy metal music. You then have these cutaways to like this pastor on TV that's blaming them for killings, which is going on around that area. Mm. Um, like they both groups of friends are aware of the killings going on, and you know he's the pastor on TV is obviously blaming the kind of heavy metal music and all that stuff. And you're already watching it going, okay, we've seen this in a lot of stuff. We know that this was based in reality 
not necessarily the killings part because that's what was interesting about the movie when you watch mm. it is that you know people have actually died at the start when you when you're watching it yeah there's a big number was, as well it's like yeah. 10 or 15 people have been killed in these so that's areas. kind of the added element that's not based on reality is that mm. ultimately it was a lot of it was a lot of preaching and a lot of complaining but they're actually the people that you know the people that were doing it were just listening to music they weren't actually doing anything so i thought yeah. that was the the interesting setup is like okay what's going to be their take on it in this world in this movie because the west memphis free yeah like people are getting killed so i'm like uh, okay what's going on here and um yeah that'll definitely get into some reveals which we'll get to because um we're definitely being cautious for spoilers for a reason Mm. um because yeah once we get to the house like you've set up with these groups of friends that's when the movie definitely takes a dramatic turn and kind of sets up right this is what the movie's about now going forward until it's finale um Mm. which yeah we'll get into that stuff but um yeah, my thoughts on the movie. I, I liked it overall. Um, I, I really liked the cast a lot. Um, definitely think that was the strongest part for the movie. Um, like liked both sets of the kind of the main group of six, really. Um, all playing different roles and kind of fit in those pieces of the puzzle together. Where I feel like if you took out anyone, really, it wouldn't have been as strong. Like I really mm. liked the way all six of them were like different counter points to each other and you kind of okay here's the two that maybe might like each other whereas versus here's the two that are very much going to be button heads for the entire movie um so i like that dynamic i thought the early scenes were the strongest when you didn't really know what was going on Mm -hmm. um and it is them just meeting up with each other and you kind of like you're very suspicious of everyone because you're watching a horror movie (laughs) you're watching a horror movie that has death in it so you kind of like and there's not many characters you're introduced to either so you kind of like right either um you know the guys are evil and they're going to kill the girls either the girls are evil and they're going to kill the guys or johnny knoxville's evil basically like those are your three main suspects (laughs) or or there's Um, like yeah one of the group that's evil or something like that but yeah or or like i guess like a third part i never i never really thought i never really thought a third party was on the cards to be honest yeah no no because when you've got especially as you mentioned you've got johnny knoxville who's known you've got alexandra dodaro who's known you've also got some of the guys in particular um kian johnson Mm. um who's like one of the main guys he was in alita battle angel and a few other movies um so he's kind of like recognizable as well she kind of okay they've got these actors in like an indie horror film for a reason like i think they're going to use them they're not just all going to be fodder basically (laughs) um yeah. So uh yeah, I thought I thought the the setup was super interesting and then once we get to the house um and we get the reveals that's when the movie takes the turn and it, it was still fun and i still enjoyed it and that's definitely going into my thoughts overall now where um it was it was a fun movie like i enjoyed my time watching it i think that it just never really it never massively ramped it up the way i wanted it to um especially a movie about what this movie's about which i think that a movie like this has so many um aspects that it can just turn it up real quick we've seen a lot of movies like a lords of chaos or even something like satanic panic which is way more comedic but still manages to turn it up when it needs Mm. to and i think that for a movie about like satanic cult killings and all of this stuff and rituals and all this bizarre weirder stuff it's very you can you can just turn it up and have a lot of fun with it i think and um i think that the whole movie was like a little bit too reserved for me especially leading into the finale where i was like okay we've had all the reveals now like we know who everyone's motivations i'm ready for this movie to just go to its bloody conclusion and send me home you know happy and i don't think it ever got there it was it was simmering for a while and it was enjoy i was enjoying it and then it kind of ended yeah and i was like oh this movie could have really been something and i don't think it was for me um yeah what, what did you think about overall yeah, I think for me it fell a bit more flat than that, to be honest, where mm. um, this movie's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but it 
it I felt early on a lot of the conversations didn't feel genuine to me. Mm. But I agree, they had a super strong cast and I really enjoyed the the characters, but it was just the dialogue that they were saying. They really didn't feel you know, we spoke about this in a few of these movies when like Yeah. I'm by no means like this heavy metal guy that can name all these crazy bands from the eighties or anything, but like they, the, the, the cast of people, they felt like posers when they were having the conversation, mm. which is kind of, you know, it does lead into part of it when you're like who, who's who and stuff. But the people that there are genuine fans in this movie and they didn't feel genuine to me. And mm. kind of when they were talking, there was like, Oh yeah, I've seen Metallica man. Oh yeah. Dio. And it just, I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't sit right with me in those conversations as we started to get kind of, so the early doors stuff, it wasn't, I wasn't as into when we get back to the house and it kind of kicks off, we, we get the kind of, it's not even, I don't really know why we're even skirting around it, but I'll continue to, but it's not even really a twist. We just, you know, yeah. we, we get to the horror of this. And, um, at that point, there's no real cat and mouse. We have, we have kind of the victims and we have the people in control of the victims and it never, it just kind of goes on and there's just lots of conversations and there's lots of, then then you, you get this kind of weird bit where characters kind of escape, but even then there's just like, they get trapped in a room and then they have another conversation through a door for 25 minutes. And there were just lots of conversations about saying they're going to kill you without yeah. actually trying to kill you. Um, and then like what you said, when we got to the, so I was already like, I wasn't hating this movie, but I was kind of like, I don't think you're going to give me any special source. And then it really didn't. And, mm. and, it, and it really did fizzle out towards the end where, like you say, everyone's cards get put on the table pretty early on. You know, like we say, this movie goes at a pace. They get back to the house pretty quickly. The, the, the house party flips and we know who everyone is. Anyone that's slightly unsure about what they're going to do and a, and a couple of other reveals happen pretty early on as well. So when we mm. get to the last 20 minutes of this movie, we know everyone, we know who we're rooting for, but there's no real, you know, um, backwards and forwards or, or any really notable, like there's no cool scenes in this movie as far as I'm concerned, like in terms of like anything that stood out to me, there was just these all right moments that then the movie kind of ultimately ends and it kind of, when it did end, the, the, the characters just kind of like, we're like, oh, we're done now, and just kind of strolled out the house. It felt very mm. unanticlimactic, which, you know, is real. But I don't want real. I want, I want a movie to, to be made. And like, you know, they just kind of strolled out the house, and we're like, well, I guess we'll hop in the car now and leave. And it just, I don't know. The whole thing felt super anticlimactic, and then it went on for another five minutes, yeah. showing them like getting gas and heading off into the sunset. I was like, what? I, I was I was one hundred percent expecting like a cheesy jump scare of someone to jump out of the back seat or something. Yeah, um, the end it was weird because it felt like it was continuing for a reason to show us either yeah. another reveal that changed the way we felt about the movie or like another scene of action, and it never did. It was just it just kind of fizzled out for a very <laughs> yeah. long time. And I don't think you want yeah. any horror movie to do that because it really just kills the momentum. No, because it was like I honestly think they were like, we can't put out a movie that's an hour and twenty. We've got to get to that one thirty, and so it literally got to one thirty-one and yeah. ended. And I was like, yeah, I don't know, and so. Yeah, like I say, I've I've been quite negative on it. It, it but it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It's just like I really, 
you, you got to do more for me than what it's done. It just kind of did everything okay yeah. and, and nothing great. And then, like I say, just, just fizzled out. Um, and on paper, this could have been more exciting, I think is where I'm coming from. And I kind of, I don't know, I think I'm beginning to sound a bit like a broken record with this because it happens quite often. Mm. But, you know, like we want original IP and kind of cool things. And I think this is something that's, it's not like the most crazy original thing in the world, but it's not something you see all the time and i think it's a subject matter that does interest us this kind of you know the wrongly accused kind of heavy metal community in the 80s and kind of how you know that kind of went down and that interesting spin like you say that if there were actually murders happening and how people would have reacted then and all that stuff but ultimately that's not what this movie really does seem to be about Mm. um it was just an idea to make a bit of a I'm not, I don't even know whether you'd call it a slasher or what you'd really call it. Just kind of this this low budget horror movie, and yeah, nothing felt fully fleshed out to me. Yeah, like I pretty much agree really with what you're saying because I, I think it did feel very generic at times. Where, mm. like you say, once we get past that initial setup at the house, and then it becomes this kind of like okay, has the two like groups feuded with one another? Yeah, it became very generic and very just like oh, what is going to be the next story beat? And it really wasn't until towards the end when another character popped up when i was a little bit more interested but like the actual stuff that they threw at us for about sort of i don't know 35 to 40 minutes to kind of keep me entertained really didn't it was like here's this character that enters the house um who they're kind of it's like the classic situation really where like some shit's going down that you're trying to cover up and then a, a character enters that you're trying to make them not aware of the situation and they do that twice with two different characters and i don't think either of them were really that interesting especially the first one like i didn't like those things at all um <laughs> no so like those scenes were just weird and um i, I definitely want to get to like what the movie is about so then we can kind of uh, talk about it a bit more but like mm. I, I agree with you that like i think this movie could have been a lot more i think my, my biggest frustration with it was that again it's not something that i thought was terrible um or, or awful but it was one of these ones that i feel like i've seen four maybe five movies now of of similar ilk to this which is kind of like decent slash watchable slash passable and i feel like those are the hardest ones to really talk about because they're not incredible they're not oh my god we're raving about it which we want to be of course like like movies we have seen this year for example to to not be such a debbie downer and to bring it back to other stuff like invisible man and like the lighthouse like those are the movies that we see that we really cannot Mm. stop talking about and i just want to watch watch and continue to talk about whereas there's movies like this and uh, Harpoon and a few others that are just they're 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 very okay, and so it becomes very difficult to either recommend them, like Bloodline, for example. Like I think we've seen a lot of movies this year that I just think yeah. are okay, and that's like the hardest conversation to have. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a frustrating one coming out of it with with you, lady, because I had a lot of hype going into this. Like I immediately yeah, it, I had a fair it came bit out on the well. Friday, and I immediately watched it because I was like ready for a new horror movie mm. and heard good things. Yeah, and I then, did as I sat down and watched it, I was kind of like, okay, this is simmering. This is simmering. And then it just kind of ended. And I was like, Oh, that's a bit disappointing. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think we should, again, this isn't massively spoilery. We're not talking about the ending or anything like that, but we are going to talk about what actually happens when they first go to the house. Yeah. That, that 25 minute part, like, you know, it's probably around about that mark, isn't it? That, basically shit starts to go down definitely um so yeah talking about it now um i obviously just discussed at the start of our conversation the kind of the suspects but we're Mm. we're very much aligned with the with the with the girls early on and i think that yeah we're we're introduced to the girls they are our three leads and then the guys turn up 
So I, I um, and I think that that's I, I again I'll, I want to get your input on this as well, but I think it was pretty obvious that the girls were going to be the antagonists of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. It wasn't like a shocking twist or anything like that when they did reveal themselves to be who they were. I thought you could kind of see it coming a mile off, really. Um, so that aspect wasn't that interesting to me. However, their motivation I didn't see coming. Um, the fact that they were working for the kind of um, what is it, Christian group uh, or something along those lines? Yeah, like basically, Pastor Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah, we find out that the pastor is basically his daughter is Alexandra Daddario. And so like mm. they're all in on it together. Um, it's unclear because this is when it starts to get very messy when you start to think about what was really going on. Like what, was it these group of girls that have been killing everyone or was it just these ones? No, this is where it gets very sloppy. And my understanding was that the religious group was kind of almost like um, – uh manson-esque like yeah. picking members to then go and kill people because the girls were like oh we're excited it's our turn yeah to to, to kill and they had a girl and, with them who wasn't too sure about it as well yeah she was like a new member of the cult for lack of a better word mm. and kind of um you know but instantly i was like why are you doing the killings at your own house? That's exactly my point. Like, it was so weird. Like, so yeah, the story and, and that it, I'm assuming they were going to set up was three guys broke into our house to like, cause they're crazy heavy to metal kill guys. Themselves. Yeah. To then, but then one of them, I guess it was, well, the, the story was supposed to be that one of them turned essentially on the other two. So then he killed them both was and it? then killed like, himself. Yeah. That was was what they, yeah, that's I what they said because they said it was going to yeah. make it look like he killed himself even though he was tied to a chair and would have been stabbed which like is very hard to make it yeah. look like you killed yourself yeah the whole way. thing felt very sloppy to me and it's mm. just kind of like i think the whole kind of satanic ritual thing is kind of going to get some people on board i think as well that that kind of aspect in a movie mm. a horror movie and it's really not touched upon at all no they just kind of write some symbols on the wall um yeah. and and you know in blood and then like well that's satanic in it and then they just moved on so i think people that have come in for into this movie for that specifically won't won't get anything out of this i think what's interesting um, talking about that is that could be intentional because obviously no one is actually a devil worshiper and then the other aspect of it when we discussed about them feeling like posers which i agree yeah. with you that is confusing to me as well because are they actually into heavy metal or not because obviously we knew that they were baiting them to well, like kill them but then why go so far like you've studied heavy metal obviously because they know the names of these bands they know the names of the songs well and all because stuff. early on like alexander daddario's character does like pause when they ask who was her first band and stuff and yeah that's when like i kind of get that but my 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 point was that i can kind of appreciate if one of the groups feels like poses but the guys just kind of felt like poses as well to me no one felt genuine in their role for it oh yeah that's but, fair um, enough but what did you actually think yeah. was the character motivation like do you, do you think that they actually do like that music or do you think it's 100 percent of a facade it's a facade i think so because when the, that's such effort because, that they didn't need to go to when you when you watch the start of this movie and they're so like i know every name of every song on every album and let's yeah, have well, a 30 minute thing. conversation about it when ultimately they're three attractive girls that could have went do you want to come back to our house and the guys would have said <laughs> yes within 10 seconds they didn't need to like yeah. bait them for 30 minutes talking about like album and obscure album tracks do you know what i mean it's it's weird because they kind of um you know, we see the girls in the car on their own mm. and they're not breaking the facade there. No. Because obviously that's for us as an audience viewer, but it kind of makes them feel like more fake poses, whether they are or not. Because later on, a character does call out Alexander Daddario's character saying that she looks weird the way she's dressed up. Mm. Um, and so 
that kind of makes me think that you know she's not normally looking like that and this is just an act to get the guys but yeah they've they've really gone deep on it yeah, you know, it if it had been the other way around, it would make sense. But like you say, they really didn't have to put in that much of an effort. No, like, and then like we as audience had to see them all having these long conversations about it to then be mm. revealed like, haha, we don't actually like this and we were just tricking you to kill you. And it's like, there are so many easier ways yeah. rather than you had to literally study well, day and night about this thing that I you think, supposedly hate. I think that's a problem. We the, the, three, the three girls, we never actually get to see their true character no. because they're posers as... Um, rockers we think yeah they're posers as satanic killers as well yes we think because, they're just part of a cult like... because we think they're just these like yeah religious girls that have been tricked by the pastor and so that's why like the whole cult everything that they did in the movie felt fake and that's what we got to see so that's that's part of where my frustration came from i just didn't you know there was not a moment where they kind of clicked into um you know the the cult you know, the, either the satanic killers that we've thought they were the first time that they kind of switched or the cult followers that are faking it and then they become like cult follower. They just kind of felt like kind of like dumb teenagers that were just doing some shit because they got a bit bored. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I'm guessing that's what it is. Like, that's why I was really confused by all of this because... Mm. I think that's ultimately what it is. It's just, oh, they're just crazy girls. And then the answer to the question of why would they bait them for 30 minutes? Oh, because it's fun. You know, it's way more fun to like play with your prey rather than just kill it straight away. And I'm like, oh, okay, I kind of get that. But it is just what? So these were just free random psychos who just happened to be best mates around the same age. Like it's very confusing, especially when mm. one of the girls isn't into it at all. So then you're kind of like, well, why is she even there then? Has she been forced into this cult? Like, what is this? What is going on? Yeah. Because I get Alexandra's involvement because it's like her dad has raised her that way. Yeah, and but who are the other two? Her. Yeah, but then what's the other girl's deal? Like, why is she yeah. part of the group? Like, it's I just found that so confusing. She, she's like singing in church, man. Like, yeah. you know, it was weird. So, like, yeah, once you get that reveal, and this is all early on as well as we discussed. So like, once you then get that yeah. reveal, then it is just okay. It's these three young girls who are very unassuming, like physically or anything like that, who are then tracking down these guys. Um, they don't have a gun or anything like that. They have? Do they have? An, they have just one knife, right? They just have knives. Yeah. And so like, it's just like I agree. It was what you were talking about before. Before we kind of wanted to reveal what was going yeah, on. Yeah, it just becomes a very poor cat and mouse movie where yeah, we're not. No threat. We're we're not getting these threat. We're not getting these scenes of chasing. Like literally, the guys are tied up for a long amount of time. They, um, you know, mild spoiler alert, somewhat get away and just run into like a kitchen yeah, cupboard. Yeah, they escape. Super and they, then they just. They just run and hide in this cupboard and they're in that cupboard for like 40 minutes just having conversations from the other side of the door. Yeah. Like the more the more I think about this movie, the more I am kind of negative on it, really, because it it, it really didn't. There wasn't like I said, when I was talking you know, in my original review, there's nothing that really stood out as like this really cool scene. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I really thought, um, you know, like I think you briefly mentioned a movie like Satanic Panic that it had the comedy, and then when it went to the ritual, it went there. Yeah. Like that movie had some scenes in it. This movie had nothing like that, and that's because the satanic side of it was all just fake. 
Um, there's very little like actual gore though because like ultimately if it is a game of just we're in this house together and we're trying to kill each other that could still be very gory and violent but it isn't Mm. (laughs) they just don't really show you much um no yeah that bit when he breaks out is super frustrating thinking about it now because obviously the i'm already confused by the characters at this point but then at this point i'm like right he knows what their deal is because they've done the whole classic like villain of explaining what they're going to do to Mm. them they've already um you know harmed his friends but the one guy who gets out is unharmed at that point yeah and it's i believe the it's three girls one of which has doesn't want to fight in the slightest and then one of them has just a knife like i'm sorry but he could have he could have at least tried and i would have backed him on my money would have been on him to take them out like Mm. he could have easily just bashed one on the head got the knife do you know i mean like he could have got out of that situation the fact that his first thing was just i'm just gonna hide in a cupboard for an hour was like very dumb and then yeah. the fact that they're just kind of like throwing these cheap insults through the door for the next 20 minutes and no one's really trying to, they're not trying to escape. The girls aren't trying to kill him. They're just kind of like filling screen time at that point. Yeah. And it kind of feels like it probably needed to be more comedic in that respect or something yeah. like that. Like it was just missing something where it just, like I say, it just wasn't entertaining me yeah for sure i think that um i'm not going to talk spoilers but um the kind of johnny knoxville's character the pastor is in it more than just the tv stuff and mm-hmm. i really liked him when he when he appeared in the movie he's in it way yeah. too briefly it's johnny knoxville in it <laughs> well the thing is like we discussed it obviously i'm a fan of his yeah. but like i i thought his performance was very good like i yeah. didn't just see the comedic johnny yeah, i actually I'm not, found I'm him to be lie. quite yeah like menacing in the role and surprisingly convincing um yeah, i, I, I really, really want to see i want to see more knoxville in horror movies because yeah i felt the same that like when he the like the second i saw his face on tv i was like oh it's knoxville mm. brilliant and then and then like instantly i was like this is pasta whatever pasta yeah. psycho man like and i was like okay that's brilliant like because yeah he instantly became that character and it was a really fun character yeah and yeah i wish we'd have got more of him and more to unpack of him yeah, because he had the most going for him out of everyone. And I think that, yeah, just his intensity that he brought the straight away as soon as he got there, that the, the movie was really lacking because mm. the three of them, or especially the two of them, shall we say, of the, of the, of the girls of the group, mm. they are very much just like, ha, 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 we're just having fun laughing at each other's shit quips yeah. the whole time. Whereas he was very much like, no, this is what's going on. This is why I've given you this role. Get it done so we can benefit from he's, this. And he's I very like much like calm and collective and in control yeah. as well, isn't he? um he he kind of rocks up and as all hell's breaking loose he just goes into the kitchen and fixes himself a snack and a drink and like his chill kind of going around and i i really enjoyed that demeanor and yeah it was yeah ultimately i I was just wanting more more of that yeah that's pretty much the movie for me in general Mm. like i i was i again i was entertained by it through some through some of it um i really liked the early stuff and then kind of like at the end there was some interesting stuff it was just it never got going for me of like right you've done this initial reveal which we've now talked about now you need to do like other layers on top of this and make mm. me care for these characters and the we haven't really talked about it because it is getting a bit more spoilery but they do start to um there is some relationships developed between the two groups and i don't know i didn't really care ish. for it like i didn't yeah, really feel like ish. it, it added anything care. it didn't feel genuine i think no like like you said i think recently we've seen a lot of movies that personally one of us would rate four five or six probably yeah. out of 10 if we were to put yeah. a rating on it Definitely. and it's like it doesn't really interest me to talk about fours fives or sixes no. <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. so you know and this movie would fall into that bracket for me you know and i'm just like eh. you know it's not it's not terrible but it's not you know it needs to be at least a seven really and it's not yeah. a seven 
yeah that was how i would definitely describe this movie and and like again not all films but like that's my feeling on this year so far is mm. that we've seen a lot of movies that are just if you want to pass 90 minutes you've got nothing else to watch this is okay yeah <laughs> and yeah. it's like those movies are not exciting to me going forward um but yeah no. that was our discussion of we summon the darkness we will take a short break and we'll be right back So yeah, just uh, to round us off this week, um, I did watch something that I said I was going to talk about last week, and then we went a bit long. Um, but yeah, I talked about it in the news a few weeks ago, uh, the show Into the Dark, um, oh. the kind of Bloomhouse TV production. Um, obviously, I'd watched the first four of season one, and just it it just wasn't worth my time, I don't think. We discussed it before. Um, for people that don't know, it's kind of this like anthology series where each episode is based upon a holiday. Um, yeah, it sounded cool yeah great concept because they've literally still been putting them out every single month and but it's movie length so each one is a, at least like 80 minutes long and mm. yeah my frustrations when i talked about it in the first four were that they just didn't it was budget problems and it was script problems they very much felt like either 30 minute things that they had to stretch out for some reason um and a lot of the times the limitations of going the for like nearly two years now hasn't it yeah yeah they're like halfway through the second season now but um yeah the only episode that i would recommend from uh, season one was the christmas episode um Mm. about this doll called puka and um it was a really great episode and it still had its problems um for sure but like the actual character and the stuff that they were going for worked really well and so as i discussed on the news a few weeks ago i was excited that they were bringing it back and it was kind of like the only real breakout from the show after all these episodes where a lot of the times people have said oh this one's okay and this one's okay but like puka was the only one that i feel like you was unanimously enjoyed by everyone puka um and so yeah like it it made sense to bring it back and what's funny is you may think to yourself so this aired in april um well what's puka got to do with april um puka's a bunny now (laughs) well no what's interesting is because i was like i watched the episode and then had to be like wait what was the tie into the holiday they just dropped that at this point um so basically it was because in the in the episode they're launching towards this thing called puka day which is like the new launch of the new toy and so that's the holiday basically it's a a fake holiday that they invented for the show um (laughs) which is fine Um, i'll give them that i'll give them that i'm not gonna lie yeah but to actually talk about the episode, no, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit, actually. It's um, very different to what the take on Puka was in this one. This is way more into like, okay, we know we've got something now. Because Puka was like just part of the story of this guy who had to dress up as this doll. This is like a shitty job. And he had these like relationship problems. There was a lot going on like with the characters. And then Puka mm. was just a part of that. Whereas this was very much like, okay, Puka's the star of the show. Like it starts showing like the toy maker creating the original Puka. And it very much gets into the minutiae of like why people really i uh, felt i uh, was attached to it and um it's a really zany, yeah it's a very zany story which i appreciated where basically these group of friends they come up with the idea of creating like essentially like a fake creepy pasta about puka um so similar to like these slender man stories and all that where they say like if you do this and this and this puka will come after you right. and they want to create this like fake buzz for puka um but then it ends up actually like becoming true basically hmm. um and it's not explained in classic horror movie fashion, like why this is happening. Sweet. Like it's, it, it goes supernatural and all of this stuff where it's like, okay, now Puka is this actual menacing thing that can kill people. Um, <laughs> but it was very entertaining. Again, again, like 
I feel like a broken record with this show, which is why I stopped watching it, but it has the exact same problems of all the other ones, really, where it feels a little bit too long and mm. the budget limitations for sure. Um, in particular, with with because Puka's like this really interesting looking doll, obviously it's very hard to make a lot of them, have them move around in interesting ways when you think about like a child's play. Yeah. Um, you know, because this this episode in particular very much feels like the Child's Play 2 to the Child's Play 1 of like, right. let's up the ante and let's have Puka do all these interesting things, um, especially in the finale, which is leading towards this like toy launch of the new Puka, which is very similar to what we saw in the remake of Child's Play. And obviously that movie had the budget to have that spectacular final sequence in the supermarket with all the toys going crazy. Um, sadly, this this TV show just doesn't have that budget. So like they mm. couldn't get to that level. Um but yeah, I still enjoyed it. I think it's one of those ones that like I'm interested to see what they do with Puka because after these two under their belts, um, I think he's great. And like I wonder what they could do with it outside of this show or, or whether it's just a case of if the show keeps going, they'll just always do one episode a season on him. Yeah, um, it's a weird one where it's now trapped. Yeah. Because so. I, I wonder if they, because I, I don't know if it has the clout necessarily to be a, its own spin off thing, but I like it mm. more than the show. Like, I have no yeah. interest in seeing the show anymore, but I have a lot of interest in this, in this part of the story. And, it, and I would still recommend, like, I think the two episodes go very well together as well. Um, so I definitely think it's worth checking those out because I think, especially if you're like a guy who loves child's play and loves all that weird, creepy toy stuff, like, I think it nails that oh, kind of God like. damn it. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think you'd really like it, especially the first one. The first one is way more serious in time and is, is kind of like the shining at times whereas this is more like uh no nah, we're just gonna let it be funny and silly and wacky and i think it, it suited the tone well mm. um but yeah i'm glad i checked it out it was one of those ones that i didn't know i'd ever revisit the show um but i'm glad i did for this episode and it's one of those ones that like i kind of want to start looking at it again but i just don't know if i'll enjoy other episodes there's a lot there's a lot isn't there that's my yeah. that's my biggest problem is i know what i'm like if i watch one i'm gonna have to do it yeah and it's like um, i don't even know where to go like do i go back yeah. to season one do i just keep going to season two now um i don't know but i i enjoy these for what they were like mm. they're fun definitely um yeah that's um, pretty much all i've watched Speaking of uh, unable to stop things once started, um, <laughs> oh I've I've gone back to the one and only Walking Dead. Oh, fair. I, I thought, um, for some reason I thought this was going to Basket Case. <laughs> no, I haven't. I haven't got there yet. I will do though. Don't you worry. Um, so yeah, the, the second part of that season finale. Of, um, yeah, I, I, I am actually. Um, <laughs> Unlucky. So you the fell for their trap. Season ten is um, kind of pretty much aired to the point of the finale that that has been postponed, as we've spoken about, and I've been catching up on it and um, watched kind of three episodes this week, and kind of um, it's it's a real shame that like walking dead did get that stigma especially with us with the show and that sort of thing mm. where we where like you fell off watching it and it's become a bit of a joke because it really does have its moments and like just recently um there's been some really solid episodes where we've got some especially now we've got the um uh people that wear the zombie skins kind of that i've spoken to you about kind of in it yeah that, that, that's brought zombies back into this a lot more um because um obviously they blend in with the zombies and yeah. kind of hide in the crowd so we get a lot more zombie action than we had for a while kind of um so you know i really i really like that side of it and i think kind of um it's it's been amping up towards kind of alpha who's the leader of these people and kind of carol kind of bashing heads and i don't really care so much about about that 
um it's more it's more like the zombie action we've been getting and the kind of the little battles we've been getting and kind of um you know when we get to like negan stuff and we get to carol stuff and all of that kind of bits is the bits i enjoy less but but we get we've just been getting more of the action recently Hmm. um and actually it's the newer characters that i've enjoyed more um and kind of when we see people that are in because we do get people taken out in this and kind of you know people are it's it felt for the longest time that everyone was so safe mm. didn't and that, i'm sure that's how it felt for you when you were watching it oh, yeah, 100%. and at this point it's like okay no there are now certain safe people but the people that have been in it two or three years could probably get killed at any point mm. and i'm like oh they're kind of the ones i like i'm like if carol goes at this point i really couldn't care less yeah um and and like you know daryl at this point like i've gone the full circle on him i'm like nah, it's just whatever are they like the like, only two that's like still in it at this point um not like super from like, ogs super ogs yes um so obviously if you're if you're talking kind of super og um but like michonne is still in it and people like her right um but yeah like maggie has gone awol she is still alive in this world but she's gone awol right now and obviously rick is awol mm. um but but yeah, and then it's kind of like that tier two, which is kind of like people like Eugene and that sort of thing, which you might not be too familiar with. I can't remember when you dropped no, off and like the, the, the vicar kind of Gabriel and those sorts of people and Rosita. Um, and so they're the ones that have been in it for like quite a while and but feel kind of somewhat expendable. And it's those original kind of few that you just know that Carol's going to be fine. Um well, in either but, way, if she's not her or Daryl, you'll hear about it online like six months prior to yeah, that, which exactly. is the worst so part. But, but yeah, because um, that was the biggest problem with Rick when it happened and Carl when yeah. it happened. But, yeah, I, I'm enjoying this season quite a bit and, like, amping up to the finale. It's a shame that I'm not going to get to see it but um, or see it soon. But, but yeah, it's been good stuff so far. Like, I'm looking forward to getting to that point that I'm bang up to date and can give my overall thoughts on season 10 so far because it's it's been it's been decent. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean... That's pretty much what I've been watching, and um, obviously to finish off last week, I did. I am. I am now a couple of playthroughs deep into Resident Evil Three. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So good times. It's it's a weird one. I, my thoughts haven't really changed from last week, to mm. be honest. When I'd finished it off, um, the game doesn't feel like the game I really want it to be. It, it's not bad, but it, you know, it's it's a it's a very good game, and it's a really fun game. Yeah. It's just not a remake of resident evil 3 it's dlc for resident evil 2 with nemesis in yeah um is where i ultimately fall with it and like it's when when resident evil 2 dropped i didn't want it to end the second this ended i kind of picked up another playthrough because i just felt like i needed to get some money's worth from Mm. it but i'm already like i don't know whether i want to grind out too much more of this and with resident evil 2 i knew that I wanted to savor it and I went away and came back a few months later. I just don't see me coming back to this and finishing things off. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we are on lockdown and there are no other games. Yeah. Um, I wish I had but, like but, a still reason to play it. Cause I'd, I'd done everything and it didn't take that long at all. <laughs> like, not yeah, but, but, but it's just game. not like, what w- do you really have a hankering to keep, keep on at it though like I mean, well i wish there was a reason to play it if there was a re I, I think what you just said is correct it's a super fun game to play uh, but mm. i've i beat it four or five times in a short period of time because it is a very short game and yeah. uh, i've done now like there's literally no other reason to play it other than for the sake of playing it and it's not that good to be like right it's still it's not going to be infinitely fun to just play the same bits over and over again um no. at least, at least and, not and the- now 
And the second half of the game is way worse than the first half of the game. Yeah, definitely. The first half of the game is by far its strongest. The second nemesis becomes non-traditional nemesis. He becomes more of a dog for half the movie. He kind of mutates. The second he mutates, the game drops off a cliff and it yeah, well, never then comes he's back. Just, he's just boss fights then, which is like, yeah. they're good boss battles, but there's never that threat of him popping up at any point. Like, no, ever. but just even like it had lost its intrigue and it kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, it's not giving me anything new that's interesting. Like Nikolai, I can barely understand what he's saying. Mm. Like the audio is so quiet on everything he says. I- I'm playing the game with headphones and I can't hear it, what he's saying. And, I was so disappointed um, with that team in general because that was an area where when you look at the original game and you look at those characters, they're great, mm-hmm. but they could easily have added more lore to that team and be yeah. like, why, why are they here? Who are they? Why is this guy such a shithead and wants to turn on everyone? And they, they actually give you less dialogue and less character development than we got in the original game. And the original game, like just to touch upon that, like the finale, like... Yeah, um, that's not even close. Obviously... <laughs> The finale was so epic in the original game. I remember it's it's probably like the seminal moment of like my PlayStation One, like when Raccoon City blew up mm. and kind of seeing everything and like the music. I can picture that entire cutscene. Yeah. Like first of all, like you want stars, I'll give you stars. Best way to kill an enemy boss battle ever. But then mm. like the whole bomb hitting Raccoon City and you see the police station go, you see zombies go, you see all the streets go, and then they fly away and you get the big explosion and like it was the best thing i'd ever seen like in a video game at that point like i was like holy shit graphics do not get better than this (laughs) so having this game get remade in the re engine which for me is like one of the best engines the game looks gorgeous i was like okay this game hasn't been fantastic but let's let raccoon city go out with a bang and it really just went out with a fizzle Mm. like it was so disappointing it just kind of you know the there was no fanfare behind it. There was like, oh, okay, it's going to get blown up and then bang. And then, the, the, you know, it just, it, I, do you know what I mean? Did you feel that, that same sense of anti-climax where it just kind of, yeah. it didn't feel like the end to the trilogy like the original game did? It didn't feel like the ending of the game to me. I, I, I didn't like the ending in the slightest, actually. Um, the, the actual cutscenes itself was one thing, but the actual what you do as the final thing in the game, I think is is awful. I think it's the worst thing in 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 a resident evil game for a very long time which i guess Mm. i'll throw up a quick spoiler warning for people that care um but it's essentially a call of duty style cutscene where you just have to move a crosshair over a guy and then press the trigger and that's it yeah and that's not a resident evil game to me is is shooting another human in the the face is not a resident evil game to me the game is called resident evil 3 nemesis and the whole point of the game is well no true (laughs) and like the whole point of the game was that nemesis was the boss battle and trying to defeat him and like the whole point of this remake was that nemesis is going to be even more of a badass than he was in the original Mm. and then suddenly yes the actual threat at the end is just some random human who who is not you know you know there's it's not like the whole wesker thing there's no fanfare behind him he's just he's not been set up yeah it's it's (laughs) like i couldn't believe that was the final thing yeah like yeah and so it you know like i say luckily everything else about the game is so strong and the engine and the way it looks and the way it controls and plays and like when you've got hunters and the zombies and all of that is good fun stuff it's just the actual Mm. stuff that I love and we both love about that original trilogy is not in this game and that lore that like I obsessed as as a child was not brought into this game at all and yes it's left me 
as a huge fan of the original Resident Evil 3, like, pretty disappointed by this one. Yeah, it's a shame because it's not that ultimate remake that we wanted. There's like no. very limited things that they did better where it's like the intro is better. The intro is super fun. I really <laughs> like the introduction of Nemesis. That first yeah, area that's like a semi open Raccoon City is really good. Yeah. And I also think the hospital is really good. I think the hospital is super strong. I really like that part with Carlos. And um, I think that it gets super actiony, but I like the way they use the hunters jumping through the glass and all that stuff. I just thought looked yeah, really, it was really good. cool. And that was the only part of the game. Oh, uh, that's the other aspect as well not to talk about it for too long but like this game's not scary at all whereas resident evil 2 was super scary actually was and obviously 7 was terrifying whereas like this is not this game isn't scary in the slightest and the fact that a game where nemesis is stalking you is not scary is definitely a a misfire but the the hospital was the only aspect that was like a little bit like oh this is kind of creepy because a hunter might jump at any point but that was the only point of the game you kind of knew it was going to happen and it did it for so long there were so many rooms you walk in into where there's just wrecked corpses yeah and then like blood everywhere and you're like oh shit like and then if you've played the series before you're like this is a hunter like, this is definitely a hunter and i enjoyed yeah. the way they tease like the original hunter reveal they kind of did that again in this where the hunter yeah. kind of runs and you get the hunter vision and mm. yeah it, re- it you know it really is not like you know this is still a super strong game and in a in, yeah. a, in a year that's like not going to have a lot of releases maybe Mm. like you know this game still might sit quite strong for me but it's just Mm. like this is not the game it should have been it could have with those moments and the original story behind it this game could have been elite like resident evil 2 was yeah when you have something that you love that much that's been Mm. around for so long you want them to just build upon every aspect of it and i think coming out of 2 it was a case of like i love 2 but now like i would much rather play the remake than the original 2 and i think that even though they didn't nail every single aspect of it it was overwhelming the amount of things that they got better and they made it like a better game and then coming out of this it's not even close like it's not a better game it's a super fun game for sure but it's not better than the original like nemesis is better than the original the kind of choices that you made like all all of that stuff the ending like you say is like 10 times better in the original game um yeah so considering how restrictive the old game was you know with, with yeah. the with the hardware limitations you know they they would have liked you to not have this weird choice whether to fight nemesis or not but they had to put it in there but it, you know it still worked and was way better than what we got this time i think you know they've remade three of the the games now and they were two for two and then this one's definitely a miss yeah and obviously with the massive rumors obviously of the last week that they're apparently remaking resident evil 4 um, and, and i mean with the way capcom and resident evil's been at this point like these rumors are so heavy that this is pretty much just like fact to yeah 100 percent. like <laughs> yeah, they the, always the, leak. <laughs> this is this is like uh ubisoft with assassin's creed where it's like okay it's in egypt now i'm like right that's yeah. definitely <laughs> happening and it's like this is definitely happening four's getting remade like everything they've said like so much has been confirmed the team the kind of the permission and, and everything that like, this game happening yeah and it's and like I'm worried it's, yeah like because a lot of people have a lot to say about it where some people are very angry if you remake it and some and then mm. some people are angry at the people that are angry saying like oh my god you know you have such a problem with nostalgia that you can't just let someone have another take and it's like everyone's allowed to have their opinion my, my two cents on it is like, i don't want this at all in a million years like 
four does not need to be touched and i get that there's certain people like oh but what about ashley and all these small things it's like yeah you can retroactively look at the game and be like has these certain areas that maybe aren't perfect that you could try and smooth out but like you can't try and mess with everything because you you they're not going to nail the things that they nailed back in 2004 now they just won't so like even though there are small aspects of the game like the like the, the babysitting ashley part is the biggest part that stands out as the worst part of that game and maybe the castle stuff towards the end um but like they're gonna fuck up everything else in, in between like they just will so it's it's really difficult because i sit on the other side of the fence pretty much where going into three coming out i was all four four being remade because they were two for two and like i'm definitely more nervous now but in my mind i'm like if you play four four does not look gorgeous like the two and three now look on no, the ps4 not, not at all. And so could you make four look gorgeous and can it be done right? Like you can definitely make it look gorgeous. And so, they, you know, can they do the things right? They did a lot of things right with two. Um, and so I just kind of feel like it could, they, they could do a good enough job on it. And like, uh, and I'm not, I'm on the mindset, that like if it sucks, I still do have four that's very playable. You know, three was much more of a gamble for me because Three is very difficult to play in its original form right now, mm. whereas four you can play and it's fine. So like remake four, and if it's a swing and a miss, I just won't play it like that much. And yeah, so, that's yeah, true. I'm, like... I'm kind of for it because I think there's a there is a strong chance they can do it right and make one of the best games of all time even better and and just look visually better and be stronger. Oh, yeah, I disagree. The, the games I... control better. Like now that two and three controls better than four. I don't think there's a. I wouldn't say there's a high chance that they would nail it because I think the I'm only. Not, I'm thing, not saying there's a high chance. I'm just saying they could. Yeah, the only thing that I have confidence in is the way it looks. It will definitely mm. look incredible. I don't have and any control. other confidence. Yeah, maybe, like probably, but like everything else. Because the thing is, with two and three, um, and especially two, two is a way worse a game than four. So like, it, they had such lower expectations to meet to make a great remake. Whereas like the expectations are so high for four. There's just, there's no way they can make a better game now than they did back then, especially with how quickly they're churning these games out. We already talked about free, which is like a tiny game and they couldn't even remotely come close to nailing all the parts of free, let alone four, which is like probably what five times the size of resident evil 3 probably more yeah like, there's I no mean, way they I can do it unless they take 10 years to develop the it. people that are talking and they're talking about the people that made three are making four mm. the team because obviously the team that made two like we you're forgetting that two exists and two is fantastic the remake like they nailed so many things there and two is a yeah, but two, game two is like the original two is nowhere near the level of the original four is what i'm saying no so no i, think... I know well yeah, I mean, it's difficult because I have different love for the original two. But yeah, and I see where you're coming from. But like the technical marvel of four doesn't exist anymore. Like, I don't know. It's possible. But well, either way, we're going to find out because this, this game's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just hope that we get Resident Evil 8 first because, I, I, again, prior yeah. to the even three, I've been saying for a very long time, like the excitement that I had for two remake and free mm. remake is not even close to the excitement i had when i first played resident evil 7 because yeah. i want new fresh resident evil and i'm i'm, I'm there good. i'm there too man because like yeah. that was part of the reason why i didn't jump into this because I, I jumped into it and it wasn't fantastic and then i'm like well i'm kind of done with like playing this game again that's just like i've already played it and it's not as good yeah, so oh, it's a nice, prettier version that plays better, but and then it obviously has all these other downsides. But you know the story, you know the characters, you know like the enemies, all that stuff. Like, 
Whereas seven, we didn't know who the Baker family was. We didn't know how a first person Resident Evil would play out and all of that stuff. Like, is this going to have ghosts in it? We don't know. Like, all of that stuff was so exciting. Like, yeah, I just want, I want to feel the way I played when I played seven again. And that's what I hope they can do with eight. But yeah, Resident Evil is going to be fascinating to see going forward. Cause like, it's, it's weird that Resident Evil is so relevant right now, like massively. Yeah. Um, and it, and the fact that they are, it seems like they're making multiple projects. We talked about, obviously, there's going to be a Netflix show, which is going to make it super Madness. relevant. You think about The Witcher and how popular that's been for a long time. But like when it was on Netflix, man, that shit took off like it never did before. Like people regard The Witcher 3 as one of the best games of all time, but their sales went through the roof when they had a Netflix show. Definitely. So like when you think about Resident Evil, it's just, I think it's primed to be like insanely popular and it's going to be really interesting to see what choices they make going forward of like, do they do the four remake next or do they try and do a which is like very risky given how much people loved the two remake to then go back mm. to the first person um because the vr stuff is not as relevant now as it was back then like it, it's fascinating to see um definitely, definitely man but yeah we shall see going forward um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week uh going forward obviously we discussed last week our like upcoming schedule um a few on-demand releases coming out like there was a couple that we missed in the cinemas so, like gretel and hansel i think is out now or is out soon um and then what was it there was that russian one from fright fest as well oh yeah um, i can't remember the name of it now is it why don't you just die i think it's that oh yeah yeah that's it yeah um so yeah we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing one of those either way next week um yeah hopefully i mean it sounds like why don't you just die is is dropping pretty soon isn't it so yeah so there is still releases coming like you say which is interesting so uh yeah that was episode 192 thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Cause I never could How could I start that?